once again, thank you for your faithfulness and everything you do to be a help and a blessing. And it is appreciated. And you will in no wise lose your reward, Jesus said. So God bless you for everything you do. And uh, pray for, for one another. Praise God. Pray for some of the Mendez family. They're going to be on a trip here. Hold them up in prayer. And uh, we thank God for just God working so many great things in Sister Emily. Believe in God for just a great, uh, great miracle. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Keep on praying for uh, Cain that was in this morning. Hold him up in prayer. Good things happening there. Uh, pray for David W. Talk to him for a little bit this weekend. Hold him up in prayer. The Lord's working on him as well. Praying for your family. Praying for your loved ones. I know uh, that's the most valuable thing. Amen. That people would uh, would be helped and saved. Praise God. So you pray for my family. And uh, I appreciate that so much. Matthew 5. Let's pray, Father. Thank you again for your presence in this house. Thank you for the, Lord, the love that you have shown us and the love that you shine through us, God. I thank you, Lord, that, God, you help us to just continue to learn and to grow. Help us, Lord, to... To hear your word and be doers of your word. Put it in our hearts and our lives, God. We thank you for it. Help me, God, I pray, to to have your anointing, to have your direction, God. And it's just that my will and my opinion, I just stay out of your way, God. And that you would work in a special way tonight. We'll give you the glory alone. In Jesus' name we pray. Everybody say amen. Amen. Matthew 5, verse 1. Very familiar portion of scripture. I want to read through it here. And then we're going to kind of focus in, fine-tune onto one, one of these verses. But Matthew 5, verse 1. And seeing the multitudes, he went up into a mountain. And when he was set, his disciples came unto him. And he opened his mouth and taught them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are they that mourn, they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the children of God. Blessed are they which are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are ye. When men shall revile you and persecute you, say all manner of evil against you falsely for my sake. Rejoice and be exceeding glad. Luke says it this way. Leap for joy in that day. For great is your reward in heaven. For so persecuted they the prophets which were before you. God bless you. You can be seated. This portion of Scripture really becomes more meaningful, as rich as it is, when we recognize that Jesus is moving in on the scene of a religious day when the Pharisees and the Sadducees were really what was poorly representing the kingdom of heaven. They were the leaders of the church and they had done what they could to keep the law and In keeping the law, the point of all that was that we would recognize, hey, guess what? The more I try to keep commandments, the more I realize that I've got a heart that needs a change. 
that my problem isn't that I just got to keep trying harder. I need a Savior. I, I need uh, to something to fix my heart. The more, even though the, the commandments are good, I find a law, Paul said, inside of me. Sin working in my members. But instead of humbling themselves and saying, you know what, I'm not what I ought to be. I'm not, I don't, the more I try, I, I, I keep failing, I, I keep doing the things I make up my mind I'm not going to do. I, I, I say I'm going to do better and I don't do better. Rather than humble themselves and say, God, help me. They built up a system of tradition to kind of back up their own self-righteousness. They became very obnoxious and said that they, uh, well, we're, we're God's chosen people and, and, and represented God. And, and, and I, don't, uh, I don't doubt one bit that because this was right before the first coming of Jesus that there aren't some parallels to the second coming. That religious systems, well... You know, whether it's in the end times or any time, religious systems always tend to start to focus on, on, on self more than God. And when it's built on tradition, when it's built on organizations and denominations that have absolutely nothing to do with becoming a part of the body of Christ. And Jesus comes and to a people that are beaten down and hurting and, and oppressed by not just sin and and by the state of the government in that time. But they were also oppressed by just the religious system as well. Right. And um, I'm sure they started thinking it was hopeless. Started thinking, what's, what's the use? It just seems like the harder I try, the worse things are and the worse I feel about it. And Jesus comes and opens his mouth, it says, and starts talking about how to be blessed. Yeah. And I've said this many times, I know there's a lot of different teaching and ideas and things that I've read about the word blessed, and many of them will just say, it means happy. And I'm not saying that that's not a part of it, but what a small part of it. Because when we're blessed, it's a whole lot more than just a mood. But it's that God has, has moved in our lives and has imparted something into us that makes us better. And we've spent a lot of time talking about that in times past. But one thing I, I do feel like that it, it really states clearly is he's looking at these people who are so used to the traditions of men that have been oppressive and, and, and hurtful and all the self-righteous, obnoxious religious leadership of that day. And he starts saying, here's what blessed really means in God's sight. And he starts saying, here's what's really gets God's attention. To be blessed is, is to, to walk in a way that even if things are going difficult, you know, most people will say, how are you doing? I'm blessed. Everything's going good. But if everything's not going good according to what your plan and purpose is, you can still be blessed because God's in the center of your life. And being blessed really means God's moving. God, to be blessed, it's saying this is what God likes. This is what gets his attention. I believe there's a lot of people that were hurting, beaten down, struggling with sin, struggling with their own weakness and wishing. You know, most people I know here, listen to this. Before you go judging people that aren't doing as good as you're doing, I've met a lot of people that if 
they open up their heart and you give them a chance to be honest, you realize this is somebody who's doing poorly and they want to be doing better. They just lack the tools to do it. They don't know how. They need somebody to come and show them the answer. They need somebody to come and show them that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. Amen. That He could break chains and set you free. Amen. That It's that same old self-righteous pride that says, Ah, look at that sinner along the road. Look at that sinner even up there at the altar, that publican, you know, a tax collector. But it's God starts saying, Hey, here's, here's what gets my attention. Here's what moves me to action. And he starts talking about the poor in spirit. Not the proud. Not the arrogant. Not the obnoxious. But those that are humble. Those that, that don't feel like they have anything to offer. God says, I can use you. You know, when you've got to be the smartest man in the room that knows everything and everybody else is just so dumb, that doesn't impress God. But humility. Humility. And you start seeing the people that are humble, the people that are, that are mourning, they're broken. They're, they're, they're not full of self-righteousness. They're not full of pride. Pride, the Bible says God resists the proud, gives grace to the humble. Talks about those that are, that are humble and those that are, that are not self-satisfied, self-righteous. And I want to focus in here on verse 6 a little bit. We talked about blessed are the pure in heart here just about maybe two weeks ago, I think. But verse 6, he says, blessed are they that hunger and thirst after righteousness. There is a multitude of scriptures that we're going to read a few of them tonight, Lord willing, that uh, kind of dig into this idea of being hungry and thirsty for God and His kingdom and His righteousness. It kind of takes that idea of seek ye first the kingdom of God and all His righteousness, but it takes it down to a level that we need to recognize that hunger and thirst are really a, a natural craving Something that it's more than just really in uh, a feeling, but something that will just be throughout your your body that that I I have a need for something that is life sustaining. I mean, there is a difference between just craving. You know, I could you know finish dinner and just say, man, I could. You know, one of these days we really need to go get cheeseburgers. You know, I haven't had one for a while. But just craving. That's not being hungry. But your body will, and and I think very few people, until you really start practicing fasting, you know, real hunger, something a lot of people have never really dealt with. I'm not saying nobody has. Some of us have been through some times. But real hunger, real thirst, is something that, uh, that goes past just cravings. God is saying there's something within man that craves him, that gets hungry for him and who he is and and how he wants to fit into our lives and that he relates to thirst, he relates to hunger. And so often we take this hunger that we have for God, this natural craving for him and his kingdom, 
Because really, let's be honest, we're not here in this world. This isn't our home. Love that old hymn. We start singing a little bit more at the nursing home. This world is not my home. I'm just passing through. There's something within us. The Bible in some places talks about how creation itself groans. Waiting to be what it was created to be. There's there's a, a something in us that we just recognize how weak everything that we seek for it doesn't fulfill and doesn't satisfy and but we do our best throughout our lives to fill that craving with things sometimes they're even religious things sometimes it's it's uh it could be anything. It could be a person. It can be a relationship. It can be uh, substance abuse. It can be. Uh, uh, it can be food. It can be so many things that we go after. It can be uh, to try to be be appreciated and people to recognize us and and self. Well, the pride, really. So many things that we seek for when we're really hungry for Him, and then we we seek things that that don't satisfy. We seek to fill that, to feed that hunger with something that just isn't going to, to fulfill us. And Jesus says, if you can recognize your hunger, if you can recognize your thirsty. It's kind of like when he was talking about the, the physician comes for the sick, not the healthy. Well, guess what? We all need a Savior. We're all sin sick. The only problem is we don't recognize it sometimes. We try to tell ourselves, I'm fine, I'm okay, I don't need anything, I'm doing well. Like the Laodiceans in Revelation, the third chapter. I'm rich, I'm increased with goods, I need of nothing. He said, you don't know it, but you're poor. You don't know it, but you're blind and wretched and naked. Amen. You need what I've got for you, but we try to tell ourselves, we're going to be okay, we're going to be fine, that pride. Amen, I'm pointing to finger at church people in church comparing themselves to one another i'm so good because i'm better than them that's that's junk food that's junk food that's garbage nothing healthy about comparing yourself to somebody else and feeling satisfied because you think you're better than your brother or your sister but he says you're blessed and you will be filled when you have that hunger when you have that deep desire to, to, to be satisfied, when you've come to the end of trying so hard in so many different ways to, to fulfill that emptiness, when you've come to the end and get tired of leaning on things that just aren't fulfilling you, satisfying you, Jesus said, I'll, I'll fill you. Yes. Psalm 106. Psalm 106, the Lord gives us an illustration of of this. As the children of Israel came out of the slavery of Egypt. Big time in their history, and it's a big time for one reason, because it is such a great example, such a great uh, illustration of what God was going to do in our lives and in our hearts through the cross and through New Testament salvation that they were slaves in Egypt under a a cruel taskmaster, Pharaoh. 
And the New Testament tells us that spiritually we are slaves to sin. We are bound by that. And the devil is that cruel taskmaster that demands that we obey him. But because of the blood of the Passover lamb, the death angel passed over and they left Egypt through the Red Sea. And we see that in Jesus, that he shed his blood, that we can be forgiven, we can get out of sin. We can get through the Red Sea in baptism. Follow that cloud of the Holy Ghost in our lives and let him lead us and guide us. And we see all this beautifully laid out. And uh, But the sad thing is, is after they got out of Egypt... These people that were no longer, it's just talking about people that are calling themselves Christians, really. They're following Moses, they're with, but they don't really get it. They got Moses, but they need it. Amen? Thank God for, for a church and a prayer. But you need it. You need this in your life. It needs to be yours. And they didn't get it. The Bible says in Psalm 106, they believed then believed they that his words, they sang his praise, Psalm 106, 12. They soon forgot his works. They waited not for his counsel, but lusted exceedingly in the wilderness and tempted God in the desert. And he gave them their request. That's a, something about God that, you know, you can't play games with God. They were in the wilderness and they were saying, you know what? Oh, if we could have, if we could have quail, you know, God gave this, this manna and, and what an amazing miracle. Wow, God's bringing it out in the fields in the morning and, and they don't know what it is. They're saying this is like the food of angels. This is amazing. And then after a while they're like, ah, you know, angel food. How boring. I want, I want quails. And God said, okay, I'll give you quails. Look what it says. He gave them their request, but sent leanness into their soul. You follow God. You can look for things to satisfy you outside of God's will, God's plan in your life. But there's still this emptiness. There's this longing. There's this lack in your life. And God said, I'll fill that. If you look to me, if you seek me with your whole heart. John 7. John 7. Hallelujah. Jesus talks about something here that is so important today. Let's look at it. It's John 7, verse 37. It says, in the last day, that great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried. He gets everybody's attention. He lifts up his voice and saying, if any man thirst, let him come unto me. Let him come unto me and drink. Listen now. He that believeth on me as the Scripture has said. Don't you make it up. Don't you come up and say, I believe in you, God, but it's going to be my way. Doesn't matter what your church believes. Doesn't matter what your grandmom believed. It matters. Hey, what does the Scripture say? A lot of people say, oh, I love Jesus. Well, I'll tell you what. Look what he says. Out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. Listen. This he spake he of the Spirit, which they that believe on him should receive. For the Holy Ghost was not yet given, because that Jesus was not yet glorified. So he's pointing, just like John the Baptist did, he's pointing to a day that after the death, the burial, the resurrection, amen? amen. After he rose from the dead, the Spirit of God would be poured out on the day of Pentecost. 
it didn't even happen for the thief on the cross yet. You, you couldn't preach the gospel to the thief on the cross. There was no resurrection. You read in your New Testament in 1 Corinthians 15, our message is a, a, a risen Savior. His death, His burial, His resurrection were all were key to New Testament salvation so that the Spirit of God could be poured out and dwell in us. Jesus pointed to that and said, if you're thirsty... You believe me like the Bible says? I'm going to fill you with living water through His Spirit. You want to be satisfied. If you want to be filled, this is more than just a religious tradition. Say, oh, I believe in Jesus, but I don't believe all that. Jesus said it. If you believe Him, believe what He taught. Don't don't just say, I believe Him, because I know. i got a picture of it. You don't have a picture of Jesus. You've got, I'll tell you the picture of Jesus. Hallelujah. Here's a black and white picture of him. This is what he has said. This is who he is. To be satisfied, be filled with his spirit. To be satisfied. If you go to that day and you turn with me to Acts, the second chapter, it talks about, even in Acts, the first chapter, it talks about how, hey, guys, we talked about this here just a few days ago, I think. Hey, guys, you know what? I, I'm risen from the dead. I want you to go into all the world and preach the gospel to every living creature. Amen. But he said, hey, guys, before you do that, you need to make a stop. You need to wait. That's what tarry means. Tarry for the promise of the Father. I'm going to fill you with the Spirit of God, and you shall be my witnesses. Amen. Hey, Thank God for every effort. Thank God for people that are trying their best to win. But God said, I'll fill you with His power. I remember talking to a man I, I went to church with, and we had ended up working side by side, and he was doing good, and he loved God. Uh, the best He could, was doing the best he could. And I said, you know what, Dan, there's something for you. Dude. You could be filled with the Holy Ghost. By the time I got done telling him how exciting it was to be filled with the Holy Ghost and how I said, just don't give up. Just don't stop. Just because you prayed once, pray again. and keep. Just God's going to show you whatever's standing in the way, God's going to give that to you. He promised it. He's not a liar. By the time I got done, I, I don't know, I, this was a lot of years ago. He said, the way you talk, I should quit my job and just stay home and pray till I get the Holy Ghost. I said, well, I'm not saying that. But make it a priority. Look what it says. Eh? Hallelujah. Verse 8 of chapter 1 of Acts. But ye, sh- after, but ye shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. Peter didn't have it. John didn't have it yet. He said, you're going to go into all the world, but go and, and tarry, wait until you get it. This Holy Ghost is going to come upon you. You shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem. That was their home base. That was where they lived. But also in Judea, the surrounding areas, the neighborhoods in that area, Samaria, that's a little bit farther out, and into, look what it says, unto the uttermost part of the earth. So they go to this room. They they literally have a 10-day prayer meeting. I'm not saying it's going to take 10 days. But I do say don't give up. Don't give up until you get it just like they got it. It's for you. It's for you. I know in my own life there was some things I thought, man, I've got it. This is good. I love it. This is so awesome. And people say, hey, you, there's, a, there's more for you. Right. And I remember, praise God, I remember thinking, you know what? I don't see how it could be any better. Right. 
man, I, I feel I'm, I feel better than I've ever done. And and then then uh, I was praying, and somebody started praying for me, and and I got what they got right here in Acts the second chapter. Yes, sir. And, and out of my belly started flowing. That's what I thought of when it started happening. Out of my belly. Somebody asked me here recently, what was it like? I said immediately I thought of that scripture. Out of my belly flowing rivers of living water, just like Jesus said. Amen. Well, thank you, G. Let's look at it. Acts, the second chapter. This is when it happens. Verse 1. When the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all in one accord, one place. It's so important to get your mind on Jesus. So important that we're not only together, but that we come into one accordness, into agreement. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven of a rushing mighty wind. It filled all the house where they were sitting. There appeared unto them cloven tongues like as a fire. It sat on each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. I remember uh, a similar experience to what I told you that happened when I was 16. I remember here just about a year and a little bit ago, I was in the car with Brother Chris. Give a little bit of your testimony, brother. We were just kind of getting into the Word like we do and talking about God. And he was asking some questions about my testimony. And then we started talking about him. And he's like, oh, man, I just love being filled with the Holy Ghost. He did. We, for, for weeks, he would talk about how he was filled with the Holy Ghost. And, and I just, just kept praying for him. And uh, in that conversation, I knew he had been digging in the Word and reading in the book of Acts. I said, you've been through the book of Acts? Yeah. Yeah, a few times, man. I was digging into that. I said, every time from Acts 2 on, somebody's filled with the Holy Ghost. What happens? He didn't skip it. He says, they speak in tongues. Yes, they do, don't they? Yeah. Yeah, they do. You think I need it? Yeah. You'll get it, though. And he got it. And so does wife. And so does mom. So does aunt. Amen. Just like the Bible says. Hallelujah. Can I tell you, as exciting as it is, God will give you that riv- those rivers of living water and not just fill you, but fulfill you. Hallelujah. I know there's a lot of religious experience and a lot of exciting things, good things that I'm not going to say anything bad about. But oh, how God will fill you with His power. It's His promise. He says it when they all gather around. Man, when this starts happening... It's 120 there. Mary's there. Amen. She needed it. Hey, we honor Mary. We don't pray to her. She's not, you know, I heard somebody ask the question, do you think Mary is, well, we don't worship her. She's not like God. Well, you think a billion people praying to her? She, she's not all knowing, is she? No, she's not God. Well, how can she hear a billion people praying to her? If she doesn't know everything, that's that's only God can do that. The Bible tells us she needed the Holy Ghost just like we do. 120 were there. Thousands gathered around because it was noised abroad. If you look at it in in the book of Acts, in, in Acts the 10th chapter, the Bible says we, we knew they... They preached to Gentiles. That was kind of a different kind of a situation. People that weren't Jewish. And while they're preaching, they got the Holy Ghost. And somebody said, hey, did the Gentiles get the Holy Ghost? Yeah. How'd you know? For we heard them speak in tongues like we did. They got it just like I got it. Not a different way. Not a new way. Not something that's my idea. We knew they got the Holy Ghost because their smiles got bigger. 
they got happy. Hey, you're going to get happy. But the Bible says we knew it because they got it just like we did. Oh, we could spend some time on it, but I want to keep moving. It's more than just a religious tradition. I know it takes humbling. It takes, it takes surrender. It, ta- it, it takes a dying of your old self. The, even just the worship that you see around here tonight, it, 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 you've got to get to a place. I don't care what anybody thinks. I'm just loving Jesus. Uh, you say, oh, I, I don't know. I can't sing. I'm just making a joyful noise unto the Lord. It's unto Him. It's for Him. Amen. And, and when, he, when you do that, when you get beside all that, amen, He'll fill you with His power. But some of us, it's a battle. Some of us, it's a struggle. Sometimes it's hard to humble ourselves and say, you know what? Oh, I could never do that. Yeah, you could. I know. I've been there. I've done that. I know what it's like to, oh, I just don't like, yeah, well, you got to get past what you like and get past what you need. Amen. Out of your belly flows rivers of living water. He, Jesus said, this is how, if you're thirsty, this is the answer. If you're missing something, this is the answer. A lot of great things going on in the world today, but oh, they leave you thirsty. They leave you hungry, but the God's spirit, hallelujah, will fulfill you and satisfy you. Psalm 42. I want to talk to some folks tonight that you have experienced this. You do know what it's like to be filled and out of your belly flows rivers of living water. Because I thank God all the years ago that I came and I said, okay, God, I want whatever you've got. If there's more, I want more. And I'm not going to be satisfied for any less. I want everything you've got. I want, I, I want what you want for me. I'm not willing to just go ahead and place my order. God give you the menu and you say, I'm interested in this. I don't like that. You can have this part of my life. This I'm going to hold on to. This is what I prefer, and this is the way I like it, and this is what I'd really rather you don't get. No, I just say, God, you order for me. When I give him my life, I say, this, is, this belongs to you. I've been bought with a price. This is your temple. You move things around the way you like them. You get good and comfortable. What I want, what I like is not, it's irrelevant. I want you to live in my life. You take, you just throw out anything you don't like, God. You have my full permission to rearrange everything in my heart. But as I live my life, I know there's a, test, there's a temptation to sometimes get busy or get preoccupied with things. Sometimes you're going through trouble, you get hurt. Sometimes you're, you're fighting battles and... You know you're supposed to run to God and get renewed and get strong because that's where your strength is. It's on your knees. It's not in complaining, calling somebody, saying, you know how bad I have it today. No, I I need help. Sometimes you get a a friend to help and say, hey, 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 let's just calm down. Just here's what what you need to look at. But but sometimes we, we can kind of cool off with our relationship with God. and We can kind of lose focus on how that is. How we started. I think the book of Galatians talks about you started well. What hindered you? You started well and you started in the spirit. Now do you think you're going to get through it by your strength? By your works? No. No. No, not at all. You're going to, you have to be renewed and refilled in Him. Keep going back to that. 
Keep going back to that. You say, well, sometimes I try, but, but it's not easy. It doesn't have to be easy. God will help you. God will help you break through some things and, and get down to the root of what's going on there. He will. He wants you to. Just like this morning we're talking about. He wants that. It's his good pleasure to give you the kingdom. But sometimes we drift. Sometimes we, 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 we lose sight of that. And if you slow down and you really stop and consider where you're at, you realize that that hunger and thirst is the back. And sometimes you start drifting back to the things that you were using before to, to fulfill that. You're trying to lean on people more than leaning on God. Hey, I lean on people. But, but not more than God. And you start to look at things that, uh, kind of the way you used to look at things. And hopefully in a service like this, one of the goals that we have is that you can kind of break through all that and recognize where, where the real need is. It's just getting closer to Him again. And I love this verse in Psalm 42. It's poetic. Uh, it's descriptive. And it challenges me. Psalm 42, verse 1 says, As the heart, it's like a young, young deer, really. As the heart panteth after the water brooks, so panteth my soul after thee, O God. My soul thirsteth for God, for the living God. When shall I come and appear before God? The psalmist is saying, I, I, Maybe I still pray, but God, I don't really pray where you're everything. And I, I miss that. There's something in me just on a very basic level, a very, very deep level that craves your presence again. I fear for people that can go through week and week after week and have a cold, dry, routine. Sometimes we don't feel God like we want to. But we all get used to it. Sometimes we have to exercise our faith beyond our feelings. I get that. But there comes a time when you recognize, you know, I'm not where I need to be. I'm not filled and renewed like I need to be. And there ought to be something in you that, that misses that. Something that, can I say, pants after that. Something that, that you know what's missing. I want God to be able to draw me into prayer like that. I want God to be able to draw me into His Word like that. Where I feel like, you know, Jesus told the devil, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of the Father. That there's something very basic there that says, you know what? Was it Job that said, I desired you more than my necessary food? I, I, there's something there that, that ought to be like skipping a meal. That ought to be so, so, so much in a child of God that you say, I, I know I'm not living as close to Him as I ought to be. And it's not condemnation. It's not beating yourself up. It's just, God, this is what satisfies me. And I haven't been, I haven't been where I need to be for a while. I've been going through motions. I've been, I've been living a life that has just been so shallow. But there's something down inside of me that's, that's hungering and thirsting for righteousness. And God wants to fill that. See, the more that 
we don't realize sometimes how much we need God. God's looking for you. God cares about you. He wants that. He wants that closeness. I believe he misses that closeness. That God desires those prayers. That time's special to him. The time that you worship is special to him. When you got your mind on other things and you're preoccupied, that matters to God. The psalmist says, my heart so thirsty for more of God. My heart is so hungry for, for, for that presence of Him, His Word, His, His love, His presence. I don't want to ever get used to just going through the motions. These songs that we sing, these prayers that we pray, it's got to be so much more than just words. It's got to be so much more than a good feeling of getting a group of people together. When you get past that and you realize there's a, there's a fulfilling, there's a quenching of your thirst that comes with, with drawing close to Him. Nothing else will satisfy. Nothing else will take its place. And if you go without it for a while, you'll understand this where it's just, what have I been doing? I need to get back to Him. Let's bow our heads in prayer. Oh, hallelujah. God has made a way. Again, just referring to some of the things we said this morning, Jesus said it's His pleasure. It's His pleasure. He's been seeking you. He's been reaching for you. It's His desire. It's the joy that was set before Him that caused Him to suffer the agony of the cross and not give up. The fact that you would be His child, that you would walk with Him. It kept Him on the cross when He could have come down at any time. His desire. He told them in John about the Comforter, about the Spirit of God that would come. He tells them, I am with you, but I will be in you. It's His Spirit that dwells within us. And nothing else. We are created in such a way that nothing else will satisfy like Him.
your light would shine and that you would be glorified. We love you so much, God. Thank you again for this day of just your presence, the beauty of your your word. And God, we just give you the thanks. We love you. We thank you. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.